want to do rather than do what other people want you to do, whether that be your parents or your partner or what have you, because that also plays a role into motivating you to do it. Because there are so many women that come to me that are in jobs or careers or went to school for things that was not what they wanted to do. It was what their parents wanted them to do or expected them to do or what they were told to do. And they now hate their jobs and they're miserable. And they're now looking to be um, entrepreneurs and they're, they're ready to pivot to something that they enjoy doing. So it's like they're coming to me to take their own life back. Hey ladies. Hey ladies and welcome back to Herspective. Oh my god, going into week 11. I know we call it out every time, but... Yeah, are we going to go into like week 470 eventually? We just might. You know, I think it's just so crazy because it's such a historical event that has happened. So like I know that things are loosening up and it is getting better. We've seen each other. We've seen some friends. Thank God. Um... So if I feel like I'm getting some of my normal life back, but there's no bars, and restaurants and going for drinks and it's so sad and pathetic, but that's like what I'm missing the most right now. Me too. Um, I like, obviously we, we always talk about how uh, lucky and grateful we are that uh, our situations in COVID aren't, uh, you know, like really shitty so I completely agree with you on uh, missing the bar I, I looked over to my boyfriend the other day uh, we were watching a show and they were having a date night I'm like what you have not taken me on a fucking date in so long and he looked at me he's like really and I'm like oh I totally forgot that we couldn't go on a date I just thought he was a lazy ass so <laughs> oh my Sorry god for that. I know. Well, thank you Psycho. for publicly apologizing to him because I feel like you owe that. Yeah, no, when we both real, he's looking at me like, are you joking? And then my realization hit me I'm like, oh my God, COVID's getting to me. Yeah. Anyways, um, I just wanted to, uh, before we get into it, send a quick thank you out to our sponsor, Intamo Pleasurables, for supporting Herspective. Intamo Pleasurables is a Canadian sexual self-care company. They use 100% plant-based ingredients in all of their products. Ingredients like organic hemp seed oil, hyaluronic acid, vitamin E, and aloe. You'll find those ingredients in their personal lubricant, wild thing, and massage oil, start me up, and more. They are a company that cares and always gives back a portion from every sale to facilitate free sex and pleasure education in our communities. Head to entamopleasurables.com for their full line of products and use coupon code perspective 20 at checkout good job good job always got a shout out our faves in tamo they are the best education is kind of forefront in the world right now we all need to get woke yes (laughs) you tell them girl well we do (laughs) but yes we do and especially um sex education and especially in um younger populations we feel strongly about it all (laughs) everyone knows we do uh but you know what like we were saying before this is a historical moment in time with the pandemic but also with everything else that's going on in the world and it just makes me so in awe of social media like i i know the power 
it has had since it's really come into existence and had it has become like part of everybody's life like it's it's part of our lives it is not something that we kind of like casually dabble in it is a very major part of all of our lives but um with all the movements happening right now anti-racism specifically obviously after the death of George Floyd it just it really is amazing how just people making posts and doing little videos and you know having comments and commentary has started to change the world for the better I really hope I want to believe that but it's just still so like mind-boggling to me how like people I guess any kind of movement will change or make change but the fact that it started out as just like people posting pictures or chatting with their friends and now that's where we go to look for information to look for advice oh, social media yeah yeah um, yeah totally it, it really just rules the world in a way but yeah well it's a way for everyone to speak it's a platform it's it's a way for everyone to get connected and now it's like because everyone's so addicted to it, it's the first thing everyone looks at everyone knows if you want to get any sort of message across with any sort of urgency go straight to instagram um, Instagram and Twitter otherwise yeah and Twitter for sure yeah I mean it's, um, it's just what I, that's what I mean like it's I don't know why like it's blowing my mind a little bit but it is like obviously not a hot take like we know that this is what it's for <laughs> and it has that kind of power but I, yeah. I think that maybe we are experiencing history so it's just like two historical events in less than right. three months really really weird to look back or think that we'll look back on this and and the pandemic and sometimes I get caught up thinking about one and I'm like oh yeah we're also in this other thing like the pandemic and it's as well it's I don't know it's crazy crazy times and right now I'm reading you know Sapiens I know you've read Mm -hmm. it um and I'm reading it too and it's so I keep thinking about what's happening today in terms of how it is historical and then I'm reading this book about our, like, humans' entire history. Where we came from. And where we came from. And, like, the, this will change our our future as well. Like, it's yeah, just the trajectory of the human race as we know it, I think. Uh, there's a lot going on. Lots of profanity. Pro, not profanity. Profoundity? Is that a word? I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> lots of profound things. Um, obviously hoping for the best, um, and, and doing our best to ensure that that's what happens, right? Yeah, we're trying to participate in every way that we can and continue to get educated. And, um, we're happy to, you know, hear from anybody that wants to either use our platform to express something, uh, as a platform for their voice. Um, we, as long as it's for the good, obviously, we're not interested yeah, positivity. in yeah, anybody ha- spreading any kind of hate through um, perspective. But uh, yeah, it's just, it's so, it really, it like keeps me up at night because I'm just so like in awe of everything going on. And I just think without social media, if this if the for instance the George Floyd just to use that as a, a, an example again but I know that was you know preceded by many other horrific horrible injustices 
prior to him. But without social media being what it is today, um, you know, I don't think that we would be where we are right now. It can't be covered up. It can't be hidden. It can't be quieted. And I'm thankful for that. And it's and I really hope that justice does get served. It will never, ever, ever be okay. But I hope that all these guilty individuals and the people that have flown under the radar for so long finally get what's coming to them I I hope karma comes and like I know it sounds like kind of dark and mean but I'm sorry you deserve it like you did a you do bad things you do you deserve bad things well this is what started the riots and the and the protests if this is the kind of behavior that you're going to have when you're supposed to be trying to do good and I understand these these individuals these police officers have a very very challenging job I'm not devaluing that um this is I would not want to be a cop uh thankful for those that are good cops quote unquote and doing the right thing and actually out there trying to protect the society that they work for um and uphold the law in the proper way but I mean if you are going to step out of line, there is a very, very good chance you are going to be filmed doing it. So it's better to just do the right thing instead of thinking that you can get away with the wrong thing. But my whole thing with that is, as a cop, like I really am going to hope that you are automatically always going to want to do the right thing, whether or not you're being filmed. Do you know what I mean? Like, you of all people, we really hope that you're always going to do the right thing because that is your job. Yeah, I think we've ranted on that enough. In other news, I've completely forgotten what day it is half the time. <laughs> um, most of the time, me too. Yeah, like all week I thought it was Wednesday when it was Thursday. I can't keep it's straight in my head anymore the days are just running together I know me too um especially for me because I'm not even working at least you have a job to kind of like keep you straight a little bit of the time but now I'm like is it a weekend is it a weekday what do I do (laughs) um it's it's hard but I mean the days are pretty similar yeah they're wake up they're all just (laughs) it's all just one big day one long big day (laughs) wake up make some meals don't go to work. Well, for you. I go to work. Well, I walk from my bedroom to my office still. Honestly, a commute is a commute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you like that or do you want to go back to the office? I kind of miss the office. Um, it would be nice to be there a couple days a week just so I could kind of get my, well, adult to adult fix. I'm just constantly around children. Um, being right downtown Toronto, I get a much more like cultural environment and there's great restaurants and there's great shopping so it just really balances my suburban life uh, out because I get to kind of have the best of both worlds when I am in the office Um, so Mm -hmm. I feel like you know I enjoy coming home and having the peace and quiet of the area I live in and my family and my home life but then I also really love being in the hustle and bustle and being able to go and try out new great shops and restaurants and have a drink after work with friends and kind of just live that other lifestyle for a little bit and then again come home and 
have the other side of my life. So I do miss that because I did feel that it was a great balance and yeah. um it, it was just enough. Like I just I didn't I don't want to live downtown Toronto full time. I don't want to never leave suburbia, which is actually kind of what I'm doing now cuz I really go nowhere. But yeah, I I do miss it. I I know that we are not expected to be going back into the office until September or October at this point. So I don't know however many other people what their businesses wow. are like. I'm curious to hear what's happening with other people's jobs and work and um what the plan is for them. I know some people are hearing that it could be the end of the year before they go back to business. Uh, And by business, I mean back into the office. Uh, And obviously that could change at any time. It's just such, again, such a historic time to know that, like, to know that people don't know what to do. Well, um, I think we're kind of all in that boat of not knowing what to do at this time. Yeah. So actually, I think that's a great segue into our show today because I think people are not sure what to do with their lives at this point. Uh, A lot of people have lost their jobs or their partner has or they're maybe going to lose their job or not sure. Um, So they're probably feeling really like kind of displaced in a way, especially mentally, um, not sure of what to do, where to go. Maybe they're now in a position where they're like, oh, well, since I am now unemployed, I've always wanted to start my own business and I've just never had the time or not really sure how to do it or what to do. Um, So that really requires help for a lot of people and help on how to focus on how to visualize what a different life or lifestyle may look like for you. And for sure. Yeah. So I, you know, I think this is where somebody like a mindset coach can come into play. And we have an absolutely amazing one joining us on the show today. (laughs) What do you know? We just happen to have one joining us today. So if you're someone feeling unsure and like you're ready for a change and you have ideas and you have plans, but you're just not sure how to lay them out or how to focus them or what to do, this is the right episode for you to listen to. I think we can get right into it. Uh, we, we are joined today by McKinney Smith. She is a mother, an entrepreneur, a four-time published author, motivational speaker, app creator, and she is also a podcast host of the show A Walk in My Stilettos. She is a Jill of all trades, and we are absolutely so honored to have her on the show. We've been wanting to have her on for a long time, and the stars aligned, and welcome to the show, McKinney Smith. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank you. We've wanted to have you on for a while, so we're really excited that you were available and willing to talk to us. <laughs> I'm honored. Yeah, we're always so happy when our guests say yes <laughs> to being on a show. That's the first step. <laughs> well, we get so excited about the idea of talking to like the guests that we want to have on the show, so we're always like, oh my god, what if they say no? But if they say yes, it's like, yes, we get to ask them all the questions now and really get to learn about them more and talk to them. So it's very, very exciting for us. And you have um, a podcast of your own as well. Yes. 
called A Walk in My Stilettos. And uh, why don't you let us know a little bit about what that podcast is all about before we get into the other stuff. Definitely. Um, So the A Walk in My Stilettos podcast really is an expansion of, I guess, when I published my first book years ago, um, which is called A Walk in My Stilettos as well, which was sharing my story. And after that experience, realizing how much we connect to other people's stories and how much we can learn from other people's stories, I wanted a way to be able to share other people's stories. And I started interviewing women who had stories of resilience, but were also using their life to give back and to inspire others. So it's a platform where I interview, like yourselves, you know, women I admire and sharing their stories of resilience and what they've had to go through to get to where they are today and how they're using that to walk in greatness and help others. Yeah, and you have some really amazing guests on your show as well. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Actually, some overlap with our guests. (laughs) We know some amazing women. (laughs) Yeah, the the Toronto girls are all coming together to support each other. I love when women can support each other. I'm a true believer in collaboration over competition. And I know that... You know, there's the stigma out there that women can't work together, but I've had the pleasure and honor of collaborating and working with some of the most amazing, inspiring women, both here in Toronto and across in the U.S. So I guess I I don't believe that that's true, that we can't work together. No, and actually that's something that we, uh, Lauren and I, um, wanted to kind of prove with our podcast. Uh, there's so many amazing women out there, um, es- uh, well, especially the women that we've had on our podcast because we really had time to get our uh, or get their stories out. But we, as people, have huge like women support groups and and friend groups around us. So we completely value the importance of women um, enjoying each other and sticking together and and uh, really getting to know everyone's. <laughs> information from each other it's awesome yeah and we both love hearing other people's stories and learning about other people's life experiences too which is another reason why we started the show and we yeah like Jess said we're such big believers in women supporting women because why not like you what do you gain by not supporting your fellow woman and I think that is a message that still needs to be constantly like put out there we need to keep showing the world showing our communities that we are here to stand together and not knock each other down we are each other's cheerleaders and I think especially right now is very important to continue to prove that um and and display that to again our communities and and our peer groups and our families especially children um so it's it's a time that we really need to come together and with that, the other part of your professional, I guess, journey mm-hmm. is um, you're a mindset coach. <laughs> yeah, your career. <laughs> yes. Um, funny enough, um, I used to despise the word coach. And when I got into personal development and, you know, all of the the other coaches were like, okay, what do we call ourselves? And, you know, some went with resilience coach, some went with mindset coach, some went with transformation coach. And for a while I stuck with the word mentor because I was just like, I'm really just guiding people to get to where I am and helping them learn through the lessons that I've learned. But then once I got certified, it was like, okay, fine, I'll accept. (laughs) Mindset coach it is. (laughs) 
<laughs> but there must be a difference between being a mentor and being a coach. Like what you would consider a coach versus what you would consider a mentor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I've got coaches and mentors and I still coach and mentor. And with the mindset coaching, there's, I guess there's more of a system to it. There's more um, strategy involved. And with mentoring, it's really just, I guess, supporting and guiding someone who is, you know, trying to get, like I said, into the position that, that you're in. So I like to combine the two, especially when I'm coaching women, because like we said at the beginning, our stories connect us. And I love to get to know the stories of the women that I'm working with so that I can know how best to serve them and what would benefit them um, the most on their journey. Yeah. So I think with that being said, tell us exactly what a mindset coach is, because this is something that I feel like, and maybe it's just me, but I feel like it's some like a title that I've been hearing just in the last like couple years. Is this a newer profession or is it something that's just starting to gain a lot more notoriety or, and becoming more popular and people are realizing like, oh, I need a mindset coach along with a therapist, along with a business mentor, like all the other things that you can probably include in your life to help you achieve whatever you're trying to achieve. Um, But so when you think of all of those professionals that you may like use, (laughs) what is what is the role of the mindset coach? Well, I guess when it comes to um, I'm going to say with my training with Proctor Gallagher Institute, like we look at what we do as someone who helps people who are frustrated, confused, and isolated to find peace, clarity, and connection so that they can really just go out and turn their dreams into reality. But I look at it as I'm helping people shift their perspective. I'm helping people broaden their perspective. I'm helping people to, um, I'm going to say, open up their minds because the word mind set in itself, it's like your mind is set in a certain way. You know, we're, we're programmed to think that the way that we think and it's helping people to not only look at the way they're thinking and why they're thinking that way, but to, um, I'm going to say, be more open-minded to what's actually out there and tapping into some of their own gifts that, you know, we were, were born with like our intuition and awareness and, you know, the, the potential within. That's amazing because it seems like mindset is the very first step to doing all that because you can do all this practicing and working on yourself, but if your mindset isn't open or positive, then it's kind of falling on deaf ears. So like I said, like a mindset, people are set in their way of thinking. We're programmed. You know, there's a lot of things that we've learned since birth that we've been programmed to do, whether it be the type of foods that we eat or, you know, even the language that we speak. So our minds are, are set in a certain way. But if you're able to change your perspective, then you're able to change your habits. And if you can change your habits, you can change yourself. And if you can change yourself, in turn, that can change your life. Yeah. And that was one of the questions I had for you is so exactly like people are we're programmed a certain way so why do you think it's so difficult for us to like break the programming ourselves? like I think a lot of people struggle to go for maybe that bigger dream or push a little further in what they're trying to achieve uh, whether it be professional or just a personal goal like why do we struggle so much trying to get to that next level. So our minds are, it's almost like a, a thermostat um, 
in our in our house. Our minds are programmed to get the results that we're getting right now based on the environment that we grew up in, based on the people that were around, based on all of those things, we are programmed. And it's hard even if we deviate from that programming to stick to it unless we are consistent or have that accountability. So it's like, you know, if your house temperature is set to be at I don't know, 75 degrees Fahrenheit, and someone opens the front door, and let's say it's wintertime, and it gets cold, that thermostat is going to kick in and automatically try and bring you back to that 75 degrees, no matter what temperature it goes up or down from. So our brains are the same way. So it's being able to not only apply the systems to hold you accountable um, as a person, but creating the new habits, because it, how do I say this? The only way to get rid of an old mindset is really to create a new one. It's creating new habits. It's creating a new way of thinking. Yeah, and that makes total sense. And I guess part of it too is we don't like to go outside of our comfort zone. Absolutely so not. creating a new habit <laughs> and and completely deprogramming and then reprogramming, that's terrifying. Like I have my little like routines and little things that I like to do. And I think I put like limits on myself also like, oh, I can't achieve that or I can't do that because I just, it's uncomfortable. It's scary. Uh, The thought of failure is something that definitely probably holds so many people back. I I know that would be for myself in like situations that I've encountered through my life. Um, I think that I've overcome a lot of them, but you know, I, I think everybody deals with that differently too, right? Some people may be much more open to making those changes, whereas other people, like, that is probably their biggest fear. Well, as you said, Lord, it's not just that um, we don't like to go out of our comfort zone. A lot of the time, we just don't even know how. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and the, like, thought of doing it seems, you know, really, really difficult. But then, like, it's may- maybe not even on our radar to even know to do it as well. I wanted to ask you, like, they say... Um, well, they say, I don't know who they is, but a habit takes like three weeks to break. I don't know if that's real or not, but like going with that kind of notion, is that, is that what you believe? Like how long does it take to change a mindset? How long does it take to, to do that? Is it different for everyone or does it try depend on like what part of the mindset we're trying to change or I just want to get more of that yeah, information Yeah, so I mean, um... I guess studies show that even as adults, after the age of 25, there's really only two ways for us to be able to, um, I'm going to say, really change. And one is consistency. So, you know, creating that new habit and being consistent. And two is like a huge emotional bang. And most times it's not positive, right? Something bad happens for us to say, oh, I'm never going to do that again. I'm, you know, now going to change the way that I do things. But in terms of consistency, Um, especially when I'm coaching with clients, it's creating a new habit. It's something that we're working on every single day. And I know that we've heard a lot about it takes 21 days to form a habit or three weeks or what have you, but recent studies have actually shown it takes longer than that for most people. Um, So yeah, absolutely. So sometimes three weeks is not enough. Some people need three months. We're, We're all very different. It depends on how we've been programmed and what our focus and Mm -hmm. our environment is because you know someone who has the ability to um dedicate that time and that mindset especially if you're someone that's learned to be focused if you're someone who is consistent with going to the gym on a regular someone who's just consistent period it may be easier for you to switch your habits you know that that three weeks may be enough for you but if it's someone who isn't um 
it's not in your nature to, or I'm not going to say that not in nature, but it's not something you regularly do to even be consistent on any area of your life because the way that we do anything is how we do everything. It may take you a lot longer to form that habit. You know, you may be that person that it takes three months that we have to work on that one habit every single day for three months before you actually get it or becomes automatic for you. Yeah. And then probably again, sometimes again and again, like right now I'm thinking about smoking. Um, sometimes it's not just the one, um, uh, like time that you work on it. You have to continue maybe in two years. You know what I mean? Like, how is that something often like I'm using smoking as an example, but yeah, when it comes to, um, even breaking a habit, there are some people that have been able to quit smoking cold turkey. And there are other people that have tried for years and they can't find anything that works. Um, I'm actually reading a book called Atomic Habits right now. And it's like, um, I guess, breaking down like the four steps on how to break a habit. And they were saying in that book that environment can play a huge role on it because there are some people that may go away for, I don't know, let's say, war or wherever and they're programmed to whether it be smoke cigarettes or be on drugs whatever cue there is to trigger that habit but then they come away from that environment and they come back home and they're around their families and they don't feel that need um you know to 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 do that thing anymore they're able to quit that cold turkey I could see that for sure. Um, I I used to smoke myself, but the only time I ever think about it now is when I'm around my friends because it was always such a mm-hmm. social thing. And so they trigger that for me. Um, but thank God, if you just pull a cigarette out of nowhere, it's disgusting. Yeah. So it's easy to stay <laughs> off them, even if you if do, you like, remove the up, cue but... or the reward or whatever it is that that I guess created that habit in the first place. Um, you know, if you're trying to break a habit, like reduce that exposure to it or whatever negative cue from that environment, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and making it unattractive. (laughs) So like you just said, you, you know, you'd be grossed out right now. Well, I did have a like slip up and then realize how <laughs> we're only human. Just conversation. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say though it does sound sort of sound like habits are kind of like addictions, right? Because you become so habitual, but when it comes time to breaking that and trying to change your thinking or your mindset, your behaviors, the challenge is like immense for some people because you kind of are addicted to your life that's what you know that's what you do every day or whatever the the habit is and then all of a sudden you whether you maybe you don't want to but you know you need to or whether you want to but you don't know how like it is I feel like your brain probably has the similar responses that it does to an addiction yeah well and mindset is so like um deep rooted in like your core values which form you know when you're a young baby and young kid and like at the very beginning of your life so and that's kind of what shapes your whole perspective of life going forward so it probably is really hard to like go backwards or you know really get to the thicket of it all to change it shake it all up out of nowhere yeah 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 um like addiction i'm gonna say addictions well it is a, a habit right but the the addiction in order for it to uh, formulate, there has to be like four things. So like the, the cue or whatever that, that trigger is to the brain to initiate the behavior. And then there's the craving, right? What's motivating you or desiring you 
um, to do that thing. And then the response is like the actual habit that you perform. And then there's the reward. So the end goal of the habit, the thing that, you know, the feeling that it gives you or that thing that it gives you. Yeah. And I wonder with mindset coaching too, for somebody who like is your uh, client. So for instance, say like I am someone who is somewhat habitual. Like I go to the gym regularly enough. Um, I eat healthy enough. I don't have any major addictions, but I just want to like better myself professionally a little bit more. I want to like grow or, or start a business or something, but I just like don't know how to get there. I think motivation is a really big hurdle as well, because if you're not motivated because you're like, well, if I don't do it, my life is still fine. Like I'm still fine. I have a job. I can pay my bills. I'm reasonably healthy. I'm in reasonably good shape. Like there is sort of that kind of like status quo that we all get kind of comfortable into, right? So I I wonder like how do you get people to get motivated? Like they come to you, so they have some and they're like, okay, I, I need to make this change. I want to. But it like you said earlier, like it, a lot of it does come from like a trauma or something intense or major that happened in their lives. And like, oh my God, I, I need a complete change yeah. or uh, to reprogram. So like where, how do you manage the people that have like that motivation, but they're also like fine if they don't. Um, so, and I think those are two different people there. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. Like one is a person that's like trauma and, and reacting to that. And one is a person that has an ambition and needs direction. Yeah, no, exactly. Right? So I'm, I'm more focused on the people that don't have the trauma because I, for me, that's like easier to understand. Like something major happened in your life. So you're... Well, it's like what's going on in the world right absolutely. now. Something traumatic happened and now there's the reaction to it, yeah. right? But then the people that are kind of like, I'm, I'm fine, but... I'll give this a try kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to start my own business. Yeah. Yes. How do you keep them motivated? So a lot of the people that come to me come for both uh, business development and personal development because within our very first session, it's tying the two together. So it's looking at, first of all, what what do you want out of life for yourself? And it it, it ties in together um, whether what they want to do professional for their life or what that means for their life on a personal level. You know, how much money do they want to make? Where do they want to live? What kind of car do they want to drive? Where do they want to travel to? Um, You know, how do they want to be of service to the world? So it's tying those things in together about what they really want for themselves, but getting them to visualize what that looks like. Because as humans, we think in pictures. So if I said to you the word dog, you're not going to picture the letters D-O-G. You're going to picture an actual dog, right? So Yeah, I just uh, tried to picture it. It was a picture of a dog. Right. So if I ask you to tell me what your front door looks like, you have to describe it to me in detail enough for me to envision that with you, right? So it's getting my clients to describe in detail what the life that they desire for themselves looks like. Um, So is that the hardest part? Do people really struggle with giving you that description? um, They do, but a huge part of what I do is I ask a lot of questions and I don't let down. So (laughs) if someone says to me, you know, I just want to make six figures. Okay, well, that's not detailed enough. How many numbers, like, do you want to make $100,000? Do you want to make $500,000? Do you want to make $800,000? And even if they give me a specific number, I want even more specific down to like, what do they even want that money for? 
So if you told me that you wanted to live in a five bedroom house in downtown Toronto and you want to drive, I don't know, um, an MDX, um, Acura MDX, like I need you to look into how much it costs for all of those things, the house, the car, um, all of those things so that you actually have an actual number that you're working towards. It's just not something random um, because when you set very specific goals, you're telling the universe what you want and you're more likely to attract that because if you give the universe random numbers or you know wishy-washy goals you're going to get random and wishy-washy results Mm. yeah i think that that's really like significant to me because when you say that you have to align like your business and your personal or your professional and your personal goals like I do have a hard time like doing that. Like when I think about it, it's like, okay, I want to be this successful or I want to have this kind of career. I only see that part of it. I don't picture like the rest of my life or my personal life with it. I, my brain automatically just goes to like whatever it is I envision for this professional development. So I think for me, that's where that blockage would be is like, how do I integrate that personal side into this professional or vice versa, whatever you know what you're trying to go for so is that but even more basic than that like I think how do you know what you want like how do you uh, like yeah I do want six figures but I don't know specifically what I want for my career in terms of tasks day to day or like details like that you know breaking that down so how do you breaking that down even further so for example um you know one of the client calls I did recently she works in well she was working in a hair salon but right now those businesses are shut down because of the pandemic and it's saying to her okay first of all when we look at how much money she makes and why she wants that what that life would look like she has a son you know she is really passionate about legacy and creating a different life for her son and when I say to her well what do you really want to do what do you enjoy doing what have you always wanted to do before society or family or friends or anyone else diminished your your dreams before you were told to be realistic before you know all those limitations were imposed on you so it's getting people to explore what they've always wanted to do or what they really enjoy and mind you a lot of people will will be afraid to start certain things because they're afraid of failure but at the end of the day being successful includes a lot of failures it's trial and error in life you you know you may start something today and discover you know what i don't really like that that's okay but you need to at least try to do the things that you want to do rather than do what other people want you to do whether that be your parents or your partner or what have you because that also plays a role into motivating you to do it because there are so many women that come to me that are in jobs or careers or went to school for things that was not what they wanted to do it was what their parents wanted them to do or expected them to do or what they were told to do and they now hate their jobs and they're miserable and they're now looking to be um, entrepreneurs and they're, they're ready to pivot to something that they enjoy doing so it's like they're coming to me to take their own life back yeah I, I it's so crazy how we are so debilitated by fear and failure because it's not something that you really know what that feels like until you experience it so it's I feel like you are taught to be afraid of failure before you even know what failure is we are because that debilitates people yeah like how come like why are we not more motivated by the idea of success 
instead we're more and this is probably not the right way to say this but we're more motivated to not do something by the fear of failure rather than more motivated by the idea of success I wonder if that's like a boomer a baby boomer thing like like a result of the war um you know world war ii so then they had to like make do with things and then you know like even our parents lauren like they they get their job and they stay in their careers like you know what i mean well it's more like our grandparents but now like like, our parents too i think like growing up most of my friends parents all had nine to fives um i could say that most of them weren't like oh my god i'm so in love with my job i can't wait to get up and do the same damn thing every single morning for another 25 years like i don't remember anybody really being overly passionate or ever hearing parents talk about their jobs like everyone always looks so like run down and like frustrated i mean yeah because deep down (laughs) deep down they didn't enjoy what they were doing funny thing is though with my parents they didn't have nine to five jobs i and i don't think they were always like in love with their jobs either um working in the hospitality industry and being a musician and things like that that comes with its own other set of problems but it was it was different for me growing up because I didn't experience that like my parents were home in the day um they seemed to have energy all the time like they didn't sit there and like complain about their job well we actually you know it's funny Lauren that um sorry to to hijack but my mom did like the the nine to five same career with one a big corporate company as everyone knows my dad is a musician um always was his own boss always was an entrepreneur so I was never uh afraid of the entrepreneur life it was like that's what supported our household essentially um so it was never scary to me but yeah like I wonder but he's like a different type of person like you know the musicians are are certainly different type of people but um try and put them in a nine to five it just wouldn't work so that doesn't even really count for this conversation uh for an example but yeah I want to know is that like what we were taught like because they had to make do in the in the history like going back to the to the boomer analogy like they had to work from two things if we okay so one as people we are we are programmed to find safety. Our brains are programmed to find safety. So anytime we feel that we're in danger or we suspect fear, we're programmed, you know, basically to go the other way, the fight or flight <laughs> response. Um, but also if we look at our parents and we look at their upbringing, that has a huge impact on how we are today unless we have taken that step to veer away from that intentionally. You know, if you look at, um, I have one of my best friends, both his parents were nine to fives. Um, you know, one was a nurse, I think the other worked as an engineer. And he is programmed to work hard. All he knows is to work really hard in his nine to five. Where myself, my parents were like they were entrepreneurs, you know, they had different businesses, they started different different projects, they weren't afraid of the failure. So I saw I saw that. Um, so my mindset towards entrepreneurship is that I, I'm not employable. I can't I can't do a nine to five. <laughs> um, so we look at our, our parents. <laughs> Most entrepreneurs exactly. feel that way. <laughs> so a lot of our upbringing has a lot to do with how we view things, right? How we were raised in our household. But even as children, you know, some people's parents, you know, if your your child is walking and they, they trip and they hurt themselves, they'll they'll be the parent that will run over and coddle them and are you okay are you okay and then 
you try and get that kid to move around later and that parent is basically like trying to be a bumper around that kid because they don't want them to hurt themselves but then you have helicopter parents yeah or then you've got parents like mine where you trip and you hurt your knee and everyone's like yeah don't look if you don't look she won't cry <laughs> like, you or know just, yeah better, you're okay you're, you're okay yeah. you'll be okay keep going yeah. and they encourage or you, you laugh and so they laugh <laughs> absolutely so you're programmed to be like okay it's okay to you know have those bumps And you're not going to die. So you just get back up and you keep going. So it helps to build that resilience muscle. I agree with you, Jess, too. Like I didn't grow up in a household that made me feel like, oh, I have to get this nine to five. And I don't remember being afraid of like going for things and and trying and challenging myself. And and I think I always kind of thought like I would probably have like my own business. But it is interesting because I do remember feeling like I I am now like changed when for instance trying out for a sports team and not making it or trying out for um, something like theatrical and not getting that particular role and that feeling of like not having the successes that I had prior like when I did try out for sports teams and made it and when I did try out for the plays and got the role like and then finally having that experience of like oh well you didn't get that I feel like it did shift my mentality in my mindset and it started to make me more afraid of failure um and and going for a bigger goal like I I didn't want to um maybe get rejected so I think I've balanced that fairly well in my life but I also think it has restricted me and it hasn't really made me like I haven't changed my mindset around how I felt until more recently like in the last like five or so years after becoming like a mother and I guess maybe learning more about like you have the abilities you can do these things like it it may be challenging um and maybe you get there in a way that you didn't know you could get there through so it's more I think it's for me it was like more education like when I did feel that feeling of safety because I got that nine to five job, it was a good pay, you know, secure, things like that. I was like, okay, this is where I want to be. But then working in it for years, a couple of years, being like, I do not love this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In fact, I hate it. Well, it's probably <laughs> a mixture of both, Laura. Like, um, I know for a fact, I think I'm so conflicted because growing up, I see my mom in her nine to five and I'm like, well, that friggin' sucks. But then I see my dad in his entrepreneurship and I'm like, okay, but he has to hustle all the time. And like it, it you see the good and the bad with both, like, you know, but I think when it comes down to things, um, there's several layers as to, as to why, um, some could be like your personality, your, how confident you are maybe, or some could potentially be you know like a trauma in that instance like it only takes they say it only takes like one small thing to traumatize you or to like veer you in a different direction so maybe that one that one role you wanted more and it traumatized you but other roles that you lost it didn't hurt as much or something right yeah I for sure and I think it was probably and like I feel like there's people that can relate to my story people that can relate to your story Jess and same with you Makini um so for but like for that, it, it was interesting to actually feel that moment when you're like, first when I was like, oh, I'm afraid now. I don't want to fail. I'm not going to try this anymore. And then to then feel that safety and then feel like I'm not really happy with this. Like, yes, I'm safe. Yes, I'm secure. Yes, I have like a steady paycheck and a, I work for a reputable company. But I'm not feeling this like energy that I want to feel about being excited about my day to day. And then that's 
started to lead me down a different path. And I, I'm someone who's had a couple different jobs. Like I haven't stayed in jobs for like years and years and years because I, what I know now is that I've been searching to find something that. Yeah, you're trying. Yeah, and on. I'm still searching. Like I'm in a position now, again, secure, great, um, have a great team, uh, financially is, is, is working out for me, but I'm not passionate. Like I know that this is not my end all. So I, I am someone who I really think does need a mindset coach because I'm like, how do you get past this? Like, I, but then on the other hand, I am still afraid to fail. So it's like, oh, if I leave this job and I fail at trying something else and then I'm broke and I can't like support my family anymore, it's just, it, it's so, it's how do you get out of that? Like, that's the thing that I think is the hardest. Even going down that rabbit hole of the negative thoughts, like, those are definitely things that we work on as well because those things that you're telling yourself, those, that, that voice in your head that is saying, you know, what if I fail or what if I lose my job or what if I can't support my family? Your, your subconscious mind is taking that all in. And for, for anyone listening, Absolutely. So for anyone listening, like your subconscious mind is your feeling mind, your conscious mind is your thinking mind, but your subconscious mind can't tell the difference between fact or fiction. So whatever it is that you're feeding it, it takes that as reality. So it's working with my clients even with that to switch the negative self-talk to the positive uh, self-talk and affirmations. Like we go through so many different things from um, you know, being able to set goals and attain them like high achievers, going through productivity and awareness, um, working on their self-image, working on their focus and controlling their thoughts, like working through the fear because fear will always exist. It's teaching you how to push through it because the reward is on the other side of that. You know, working on attitude. We work on so many different things throughout the sessions. So it seems like all those things um, obviously are super useful, but like, especially right now, because even when Laura, you were going through that, that negative, like rabbit hole, like what if I lose my job during a pandemic? I'm sure all of those things are heightened. Um, even if somebody like, you know, only, only felt them slightly before probably feel them even more so now. So like, how is that affecting, uh, has the pandemic affected, uh, how you are working with people? Are you like ramping it up or, or how, what's so going on So interesting enough, when I, when the pandemic first hit, I started losing clients at first because everyone was in a panic thinking, I can't afford a coach right now. I don't know what my future looks like. I don't know if I have any income. So because everyone panicked, it was like, okay, I'm just going to stop completely. And at the beginning of the pandemic, if you notice, I'm not sure if you paid attention to yourself, but we were all a little bit sluggish. We were moving slower. We had the brain fog. We had all these different things happening because psychologically we were overwhelmed. Emotionally, we were exhausted. And it's like when you have your computer running and you have a million screens open and it starts to run pretty slow and everyone else is on the internet and you're like, why is this taking so long? It's It was pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. We were overwhelmed and overloaded at the beginning of the pandemic. And then when people started to realize, okay, my job that I had at this nine to five was not secure. And maybe this is an opportunity for me to, you know, go after whatever it is that I wanted to go after before. Or right now I am having so much trouble, um, you know, getting my tasks done or being clear about what it is that I, I want to do. So then I started to ramp up taking on clients because everyone's like, oh my God, I need your help. <laughs> I need clarity. I need accountability. I need to shift my mindset. I need to stop this negative self-talk and I need to understand how to focus on the positive so that I can attract more of that. 
I feel like your your position would be like the utmost effective if you were teaching um like a, a class in, in <laughs> yeah I was just gonna say like the, all these things that like I said earlier that seem to be newer like mindset coach I don't remember ever hearing that growing up um there's just like uh never yeah. of course that wasn't a thing um what is it lifestyle coach like all of these different types of new coaching or mentorships that are available now which is thank god and so amazing i i really do think all of these things should be integrated into classrooms like way earlier on because like you said we're programmed from the moment we're alive like especially through our environment and then what our family situation is and you know the expectations put on us pressures put on us if you had somebody else that was more of like neutral and had a different perspective that could come in and say like hey like that's great and yeah if this is what you you know this is what your family's expecting because the idea that I would have is that you'd be you know talking to people and let's call them students individually and kind of pulling out like what do you think about like these ideas? And I, I don't know, maybe that's hard in public school because you're so young and I don't know many people that know what they wanted to do, but they're so young and impressionable and that's when you want to in like instill so the positive here, mindset. So here's right? the thing. <laughs> I have a very unpopular opinion about the school system and um same. <laughs> I so one <laughs> uh, so one as a mother of 3 and two I ran for MPP in the 2018 election and had, I'm going to say, an inside look at a lot of the systems that are run behind the scenes. And I have a true passion to serve and to help people see their true potential. And what I learned, especially with the school system, is these poor teachers, they don't even have a say at what is being taught in the classroom. They are given the curriculum and said, here, teach this. And half the time, it is nothing that is necessary or relevant to what these children actually need to know. Or or even at, Exactly. Or even at a pace that they can absorb it. So in my opinion, the schools are there to teach your children how to conform, to teach your children, um, you know, how to have particular habits, how to be on time, all of those things, but they are not necessarily there to teach them to have an open mind and to be aware and to be creative. Once they do that, especially in a classroom of 30 odd children, they become labeled as the troublemaker or they get the negative labels. You know, we always say this, um, there, and I hold this even, I haven't been in school in a long time, obviously still, especially grade school, but like, so I'm, so I'm sure things have changed since I've been there, but there are so many things that I think kids should be taught in school that I, I wish I was taught in school. I don't need to know like the stuff, like obviously that's important, but what I really need to know is how to be most successful in the population, in the community, in society. And I feel like a lot of the skills that you need to succeed are really just not taught Yeah, it's just the theoretical stuff that you're taught in school, really. And I agree. I feel it is a very flawed system. Um, And exactly, because not every one person learns the same way or 
has like the abilities to understand what they're even being taught like and and I I will commend my children's school because it it does seem like they're recognizing that a lot more Um, my oldest son he is a great student but he has his areas of trouble so instead of labeling him as like the bad kid or the disruptor because he's not really, but they recognize where he struggles and they're putting developing programs for him, but it's, which is nice. And I appreciate that. But still like the, like you said, McKinney, like the whole system is really based around conformity and it is such an antiquated system now too, because we do know all these things now. We do know how a mindset coach could really, really help you if it got started earlier on. Like we do know that. But not just... Not just that we know that conformity into the society that is no longer looking like that anymore. People are doing um, different types of jobs. So we don't need to know how to sit there from nine to five in your desks when you're four years old. I can give you you a prime example. My own child. I have a, a child who she was diagnosed with ADHD in elementary school. And sooner she hit high school, because she doesn't have the ability to pay attention for a long period of time, and she needs, you know, repetition with her to learn anything. And she definitely has to be interested in it for her to absorb it. But she is actually brilliant. She's a genius. But she gets labeled in high school as the troublemaker child because she wants to sit at the back of the room. And because, you know, she's not interested in what is happening or the way that it's being taught, because she does need to learn differently than how, you know, the whole, the 30 odd other students were learning. But yet, now that she's not in high school, she's a social media influencer making more money than teachers that were trying to tell her what to do in class. And she's only 18. Like the society well, that we- have to tell us her handle. <laughs> we need to check her out. <laughs> like that's amazing. Like life today in 2020 is not what it was back, you know, in, in 2018 or, or before then, I mean, like 2000 or 1998 or what have you. Like it's so, it's so different. And they haven't updated the school system. And when they try to, there is so much pushback. It just, it doesn't make any logical sense. But well, because obviously those people making the curriculum need a mindset coach too, because they're too afraid to make any changes. They need more than a coach. obviously, <laughs> yeah, well, they need to be, they need an overhaul. But, but the thing is, yeah, like when, if you, if I had known that this was something that was available to me at a younger age, same with my my parents themselves. Like my mom has always been very like open and interested in, in different um, like alternative approaches to things, especially nutrition and medicine. Um, so I like I'm thankful that I had that in my life. Uh, but I think that people would just benefit so much from it. And and it seems like it's still kind of obscure. So what do you like? How do we get other than having these conversations and like you having a platform and a podcast? and us trying to like also bring awareness to it like how do people understand like why a mindset coach is so beneficial i honestly believe that you can't help people that don't want to be helped so i'm okay that not everyone understands or that not everyone understands the importance of it um i i don't believe i'm here to change anyone else's belief but anyone who is open to listening and learning. Those are the people that I feel that have been assigned to me for me to make an impact in their lives. Um, I think that there's a huge population of people that have 
no concept of personal development within itself. And I, I was, uh, I, and I have to be honest, I was one of those people once upon a time, but it was a life changing experience that happened for me where I came to a point where I said enough was enough and I needed change and had to do some personal development for myself to feel that difference, to say, holy crap, everybody needs to know this. But then coming to the point where I'm understanding that you can't, you can't force anything on anyone. And no matter how hard we try, it will not work. And we're seeing that in the, cur- the current climate of the world. Um, so I just continue to put the message out there. I continue to have the conversations and I continue to make an impact with those that I am able to make an impact on and pray that it has a ripple effect <laughs> and down the line will pay off like years beyond me being on this earth well it's really good that you're so passionate about um you know what you do and and the and value and the importance in what you do um but i totally do agree with you uh it's really hard especially you know like the saying it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks if if people are set in their ways it's really hard to be like okay this is what you need um but that's what i mean about I wish it could be incorporated um, at a much younger age so then it's just like normalized and and everyone is really getting the value of having a positive mindset. And like I saw a thing on uh, on the news about a teacher who was incorporating, uh, you know, just a few minute meditation in the morning. And obviously that's not part of the curriculum, uh, the standardized curriculum, but her incorporating that like she saw, you know, reductions in outbursts and 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 you know, I'm not going to list, I don't know for sure what is real or not, but an improvement in her class. And it's like such a small little holistic alternative approach that, that helped a lot and doesn't really take and away that from, anything. from her passion. Right. So to have teachers in the classroom that are actually passionate about what they're doing and not the, just there for a paycheck, because I've encountered some teachers that I'm not pleased with, but I've also encountered some teachers that took the time to be patient with my children. And those were the years where they had the best grades possible because they felt that someone cared about them and they took the time to understand how they learn instead of forcing one way on my children. Yeah, and those are the teachers you remember yeah. all your life yeah. too. Those are and 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 you often will draw from that being like, "Oh, because they gave me an opportunity to have a different perspective and to show me another way." Um exactly, like that is something that you value and take with you when you get older because you were given sort of that permission to question and to look at things differently and force yourself to expand your mind and and try and kind of I guess just question really like that's the way I look at it well I think even deeper than that is it would having somebody kind of guide you or at least believe in you and have the confidence uh, as a teacher would help build better a better foundation for you to kind of have that confidence to go forward and or have alternatives to learn a different way and help you with that so it's not just that you remember it because you can you can like remember uh like go forward from there it's like really helping you build the foundation i I, you know what i know exactly (laughs) what you mean i have i still i'm still connected with my grade four elementary school teacher. Um, when I had my my first book launch back in 2014, she came to support me. 
like the impact that she made on us is priceless. And the fact that, you know, I'm 40 and I can still sit down now and have tea with the woman who was my, my elementary school teacher in the fourth grade because she cared about us. She made a difference in our lives and gave us that feeling that, you know, we're not troublemakers. We just needed somebody to care. I think that's a special person too, like when it, when we talk about teachers that they just are so in tune with, I think, reality and like the fact that we are all human and we are all different and we really can't all be placed in the same little box. And for those teachers that look at children and go, there's nothing wrong with this child. They just are their own person. They think differently. They they learn differently and those are the kind of people that you want educating our children and that would be the kind of person I'd want as a mindset coach because like you said it's about the passion and someone that's going to be there to support you and encourage you and believe in you um, is invaluable absolutely I'm excited for all of my clients like their progress I think sometimes I'm more excited about their progress than they are Well, why don't you tell us, like, can you, can you tell us some like success stories? About uh, your yeah, absolutely. I mean, I had one client who I don't even think she knew at first when she came on as a client, what she was in for. I actually had her had as a guest on the podcast, but just through our conversation and realizing how much she doubted herself and she was, you know, she is in a, a high level position for a big company, but the self doubt and all of the negative feelings that she was feeling was hindering her progress, not just in her nine to five, but in her side projects as an entrepreneur. And after our very first session, she came back to me and she was like, oh my God, I, I, I can't even believe the difference that it's made in my life. Um, it's improved my relationship with my husband. You know, we were like on the verge of divorce. Um, I have been able to, like I redid my website. We did some major launches for my, my side project. My company allowed me to bring my side hustle in and do um, that as a part of our company to have, you know, healthier um, employees. Like just hearing her excitement in sharing that, like I had a client, um, a mentee in Australia. She was actually my very first mentee. Um, She was one of my very first international book purchases when I first published my book. But when she reached out to me to be her, her mentor, And after us connecting, she started her own initiative in Australia and built this huge community of faith-based women. And she started this blog and this platform helping other women to share their stories. Like hearing stuff like that, that's what gets me excited because it's way beyond just me. And it's something that I would do whether I was getting paid for it or not. So hearing the impact on other people's lives and hearing how they now have the confidence to go after their dreams or how they've now like attained those goals. They've accomplished those goals and they're like, okay, what's next? Those are the things that excite me. Yeah. And passion definitely breeds passion. And you can hear it in your voice when you talk about your <laughs> clients and their successes. And and it, I feel it. Like I feel the energy. I can't see you and I'm not in the same room as you. But you, that energy is like coming through in your voice and like the way you talk about it. So it right there is just proof is in the pudding. And but one of the things like I was am curious about is, you know, when women um, 
are find themselves in these ruts and it's something that we talk a lot about on our show too is that imposter syndrome and that's kind of what it sounded like with that first um client that you were talking about that she wasn't self she was self-doubting so she wasn't achieving or or moving further in her career and it was obviously then rolling into her personal life is that like is that something that that's when they come to you like we as women are constantly self-doubting and we are kind of conditioned to believe that we shouldn't overachieve or want more than what we're expected to have um and then it does seem to lead into like different problems in their in your personal life like or you are in the on the brink of a divorce or you've gone through a divorce and now you're like I'm lost like what are are these like the pivotal moments when somebody is like okay now I need so what's what's interesting is I have women that come to me that don't even realize that they have those issues um with self-doubt but what I have noticed is a pattern is a hundred percent of the women that I have coached have issues with their self-image and that is one of the sessions that we actually work on like physical self-image uh no so okay so there's a session that we so there's a session that we work on and it's breaking down that we actually have two different uh images of ourselves we have the one on the outside that people see the way that we dress the way that we walk the way that we talk and then we have our inner self-image of how we actually view ourselves and Wow. Your inner self really image. That. Yeah. Your inner self image affects more of what happens on the outside than you believe because that affects the opportunities that you go after in the world. That affects how what you feel you deserve in a relationship. That affects, you know, how you interact with other people in your relationships. And getting women not only to recognize both of those self images, but to improve the inner self image so that they can actually go after the things that they really desire. So that that imposter syndrome that we all so commonly have, it you no longer feel like you're an imposter because you feel like, you know what, I I deserve this. This is the person that I desire to be. Like I said in the in the beginning of how we think in pictures, if you can't picture yourself doing those things because you doubt yourself, then how do you expect to achieve that goal? So it's that is definitely um one of my most I'm gonna say my most favorite sessions because When a woman who comes in doubting everything and thinking, you know what, I'm never going to have that relationship that I want to have, or I'm never going to go after that opportunity or connect with that person. But then after that session, and they've gone through the work of recreating their self-image and understanding who they are and who they even want around them, because we need to stop allowing people to just show up in our lives. Like, you know, being the star of your movie and choosing your supporting actors and actresses and who is in there versus allowing people to just show up when you get to that point where you can picture your life the way that you want it to be and you're confident enough to even if it's just start a podcast and to pitch your ideal guest or it's you know they came in saying well I don't need a man because inside they doubted that they would ever get one and then a couple months down the road oh my god bikini i met this amazing guy this is like my dream come true you were right like those things it's it's i can't even explain how that makes me feel inside like i'm trying not to get emotional because i'm just so happy for them <laughs> okay so two things one um i want to schedule uh, a call with you because i love the sound of laws. And I'm not joking, um, I really feel more confident than ever that, um, 
you can help me. <laughs> and secondly, like after, like, how, is it like multi-sessional? Is that your goal to have several sessions? Or, yes, like, absolutely. One session or like you identify the problem like right so, away? So like I said before, consistency is everything, right? And you get out of the program what you put into it. So I tell people that they have to commit to minimum three months. Um, in order to see any kind of result, but there's a 12, it's, it's essentially a 12 months if you choose 12 months or six months, but if you choose 12 months, we're doing one hour sessions once a month and then 15 minute accountability calls every week. Or if you want to do six months, then it's two sessions, um, one hour sessions a month and the 15 minute accountability, accountability calls, um, every week. So it depends on how quickly you work and how quickly you want to get towards your goals. Um, but I have some really ambitious women who are like heavy go-getters and they're like, listen, I want to do this every two weeks and they're on the ball because they want those results. They want that relationship that they've always dreamed about. They want that position at work that they've always dreamed about. You know, they want to have that lifestyle that they've always dreamed about that they didn't think was possible before, but now they believe it. Yeah, I I, I mean, I would love to have a sit down with you as well, just to kind of see what we can do do with this brain of mine. (laughs) Um, But, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about too while we were chatting is what about the women or not just women, but the people that have like grandiose um, ideas or visions and it they're they're like so big and is that some is it ever too big like but they can't like you know they're in a position where it's like that is like a complete like different lifestyle like let's say you know you you live in like a small little you know rented apartment and you have like a decent nine to five and you're making a mid-level salary but you want to be in a California condo and have a yacht and like just like things like that like how do you bridge those two yeah like okay so um my mentor Bob Proctor was who I was trained by and for anyone who doesn't know who he is he is one of the thought leaders featured in the documentary The Secret and he's probably like alive today probably one of the greatest um, thought leaders and coaches in human potential out there Um, he's turning 86 next month, actually. But, um, one of the things he likes to say is tell me what you want and I'll show you how to get it. And one of the sessions, um, that we do because I use his systems, his coaching systems, one of the sessions is basically teaching you how to not only set goals, but attain them like high achievers and seven figure business, um, earners. So like if For example, um, you have a goal to, I don't know, buy a new car. That's not really a goal that's going to stretch you. So I'm sure that both of you at some point have bought a car before, right? So we would call that an A goal. Um, That's a goal that you know you can do. Um, A B goal is like something you think you can do. And usually you'll say, you know what, if I have this, this, this in place, then I can do this. So that a beagle is like something, yeah, you you think you can do, you're not sure how, but you know, you you think you can, can make it happen. But a seagull is like, 
a fantasy. Like it's a goal so big that it scares the crap out of you. It's a goal so big that you have no clue how you're going to get it. And probably if you shared it with your friends, they think you're crazy. Those are the goals that we show you how to go after because those are the goals that are going to stretch you and cause you to grow and evolve as a human being. And even if you you don't actually ever attain that actual goal, the fact that you've pushed yourself, because I don't believe in smart goals, because I believe that they limit you. So the fact that you've actually pushed yourself beyond what you think is possible for you. And within that session, working on, are you willing and are you able to go after that goal? Because oftentimes we have this fantasy that comes to us that says, yeah, I want to, you know, I don't know, I want to have a yacht and live on the water in LA. Meanwhile, I live here in Toronto, you know, in a three bedroom house, like all of those things. Am I willing and am I able to do what it takes to go after that? So first step is to determine what the goal is and what's the want or... Well, I think if you want that goal, that's what you want. Like that, they, they're synonymous. Like everyone wants to be on a yacht. I don't think everyone does though. But here's the thing. They may be interested, but they're not committed. Yeah. So that's going back to the motivation behind it. Right. Right. Like if somebody presented me with the option of having a yacht, I would be like, <laughs> yeah. But is it like something I sleep on and like want every right. day? Is like, that something no. that you could say to yourself right now that you are willing to do whatever it takes to get there? Or is it just something that you're interested in? No. Right? Yeah. So it's it's asking yourself that question. For the universe, though, <laughs> if somebody does offer me a yacht, I will accept it. <laughs> just, just putting that in the universe. Yeah, let's not, let's not cross anything off here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm yeah. also putting that into the universe among many, many other things. <laughs> Yeah, no problem with like floating things. <laughs> yes, in the universe. but you can That's put whatever fine. you want into the universe. But if you want to be a super attractor and actually attract that, there are certain things that you need to do on a regular basis. Like one, your your vibration, the energy level that you are on, that affects the the opportunities and the things that you attract. Like we can't attract what we're not in harmony with, right? So, I mean. A lot of Bob Proctor's teachings are mixed in with um, law of attraction and, you know, manifestation. Um, I was just going to say, this is very manifestation focused, I feel like. And we've also talked a lot about it on the show and more and more becoming a believer in it. Um, So those two things are clearly linked in your profession. Yes, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, there's there's. Another thing I think should be taught in school is, you know, how to properly manifest and, and send good vibrations yes. out to the universe and have good have goals. Like I think that's a challenging right. thing because it is that alternative kind of way of thinking. And but why? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't develop the curriculum. But why, Lauren? <laughs> answer the question. Um, but but that's my point. It shouldn't no, be. No, absolutely. I 100% agree. But I guess because is there real science behind it to prove it? Can you 100% guarantee? Well, that, that's like, the thing I think that's belief, what, right? The, the thing about belief. And also the good thing with good vibes. It's it's still positivity occurring. So what's I, the harm? Absolutely nothing. Exactly. I think we're all in agreement here. Safe <laughs> to say. Yeah. Well, I'm more like, yeah. I wish that we were talking to other people, like pleading the case, because I know that we're all in agreement. But it's, I'm passionate about it because I am envious. I wish that I I grew up with these things. You know what I mean? Because I do really believe in it, and I do wish that uh I see like I don't even know like issues in myself that I wish were 
not there and I think would be different if I had a different mindset growing up, for example, or practiced positive manifestation for longer. I mean, obviously, there's no time like the present, but it's wasted time and that's negative, I guess, a negative perception of it all, right? Yeah, yeah I think though, what it, I, I see what you're saying, Jess. Like, I do find it frustrating too, like, again, going back to saying, like, we wish that we were made aware of these things and this is part of why we're doing this now because hear us people, like, you can do this. These There are services available and people that are trained and, like, can help you um, achieve different things even if they are grandiose goals. Um but I think what's frustrating is we did kind of grow up in a generation and a society that as women in particular, you weren't really like I was never told not to, but I was never like super encouraged um, outside of my parents. They were always very encouraging, but the society around me was never like go for the biggest goal and the biggest dream, like get out there and kill it. As a woman, it was sort of like, well, you know, just You'd be happy, find a we nice were trained husband. about modesty and humility yeah, exactly, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. You shouldn't be. <laughs> that makes you greedy. That makes you selfish. That makes you unappealing. That makes you, you know, too power hungry. That's not an attractive quality in a woman. So, like, kind of just enough. Just get enough. Like we we're always sort of taught that enough is enough, right? And I think that's what we're kind of like where I was coming from before with the like. Is baby boomers our parents? Am I saying yes. that right? Are they baby they are, boomers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's like the baby boomer mentality because that's what they were probably taught and that's what they needed was just get enough. Like, you know, it's after certain times in history where like the war, for example, where their parents experienced and that's what they were taught. But now it's like so different. And I feel like we in this generation are set up like to have a kind of like a similar mentality. We're kind of set up. Well, yeah, but not in a world that doesn't yeah, match. Yeah, right, absolutely. Those generational like, patterns work a hundred percent. But I also think it wasn't really that like it was. You know, everybody was taught like, oh, just like go for enough. Just that's all you need. I I do really think it was really focused more on women. Like men could go and start companies and, um, you know, be entrepreneurs and have and and go for like larger aspirations. But the women, for yes, many the probably the last three four generations certainly, um, are still kind of in this like, well, you know, just be conservative like don't get crazy and and like and now we don't live in that world mainly in north america right um especially in north america and if you follow that mindset you're not doing as well i think you're not successful it limits your beliefs in yourself but if you look okay so i mean our our parents did the best that they could with what they have with what they knew in their time totally right um Right. So if we look at what they knew, now we know they were wrong. Um, but, 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 uh, but, it's anyway. right, but you really screwed up. <laughs> yeah. But, Thanks. but it was based on their perspective, right? It was based on their perception at that time. And a lot of their, I'm going to say thoughts and beliefs of what ended up holding a lot of us back. It wasn't that they were doing it to do any harm, they thought they were protecting us. They were protecting us from the disappointment. They were protecting us from... So their perception then of why they did things is very different. And that's why a lot of my clients that even come to me now that are women that have these grandiose dreams, 
it, they're like, oh, well, I don't know what my parents are going to say or what they're going to think. And a huge part of, you know, what I do is getting them to not care what other people think. Because if you look at what people do and what they say, you'll realize they actually don't think. But, you know, it's not allowing that to hinder your, your progress. It's understanding that when people don't understand your big dreams or they don't support your big dreams, it's not necessarily because they don't love you. It's because they don't believe that it's possible for them. They don't see how they would be able to do it. So in their mind, they're like, yeah, there's no way. But once you do it and you prove them wrong, then they're like, whoa, wait, hold on a second. Exactly. So So they project onto you, Absolutely. Absolutely. The only problem is that's formed our like (laughs) core beliefs and values of ourselves. So I'd be curious to know what like the average age is of your clients, McKinney, because I feel like, again, speaking from my own experiences, like I've kind of gone through all of those different mentalities. and, And like I said, just in the last few years, I have broken out of that mindset of being like oh I'm so worried about like what other people will think my parents have always been my biggest supporters and they believe in whatever I believe in and they're like are both just our parents are both really supportive of us starting this podcast and it's side note also interesting that you have like such great friends and friends your whole life and when you start doing something like for instance like this you don't all of a sudden those people kind of drop off like because they don't understand support standpoint they can't really yeah so that was a, like just a side note that I've been like having in my brain lately. <laughs> um, but yeah, but um, like it's it just I wonder how old your average client is because I feel like in these like this 30 plus year range, like 30 to 40 is when women kind of come into their own a lot more and feel more confident in what they want to do and in changes that they want to make maybe they've already gotten married and had children and had a house or and they're sort of like okay well I did all the things that were expected of me now what now I really need to like accomplish the rest and that's sort of what what you were saying before is like getting people to realize like you don't have to settle you can go for those dreams like do what you wanted to do not what everybody else wanted you to do so am I accurate at all in like the age range or are you just kind of uh, no, yeah. people so from all? I have, I have two, I'm going to say two direct um, sets of clients for mindset. When it comes to the paid clients, anywhere between 30 to 55 um, has been the most uh, common range. Women who are tired of doing what they thought they were supposed to do or what their parents wanted them to do um, and that can afford um, you know, the personal development and see the, the value in the investment. And then because I have a huge heart to serve, I do a lot of work, give back work. And with the philanthropy side, I will go into um, shelters and schools and facilities for young girls and especially teen moms because I was one. And I do mindset coaching volunteer with them. So these girls Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so those girls range between, I'm going to say, 16 to 24. Um, and teaching them the importance of having big goals. Because we've gone in and I've done sessions with them where you ask them what their goal is in life. And for some of them, it's just to even finish high school. That's their biggest goal in life. But by the time we're done our sessions and we've worked on showing them what's possible, you know, they want to open dance studios and they want to be lawyers and they want to, you know, their their mind is opened. So that's where my heart is. 
you know what? I'm so glad that you said that, um, obviously, because that's amazing. But also, you know, Laura, when you said uh, what's the age range between 35 to 40, because that's when women come into, more, into their own more, that made me really sad because I wish we developed the confidence a lot younger and like it's so good that you're going in to talk to these uh, younger, you know, students or younger women or girls almost as teenagers um, and starting it there. So they don't have to wait till they're 35 to really, you know, like, I guess, peak out with your confidence and in, in, in come into their yeah, own. Because well, of- that's part of like the change of the generation. Like we were saying, the, the way we were raised and how we were taught sort of to kind of accept and just like live more of a conservative life doesn't align with what our North American world looks like now like like your daughter McKinney like you can make be a millionaire mm-hmm. off a social media platform right yeah. and yeah. that was never an option like that just was not a thing existing. exactly so but that's what I'm saying like there's so many more options available and I think for the women of the demographic I'm talking about in the like thirties and into like forties is they came from that one type of like society's expectations and limitations, but we are still young and still, and we've kind of, like I said, accomplished the stuff that we think we're supposed to quote unquote. And now we're like, well, I'm only like 30, 35, 40, I have so much more I can do in life to live. And now I'm old enough to realize like, oh my God, I didn't have to follow those norms or those expectations. And I don't want to anymore. So I need to like break out. But yes, like you going into these schools and getting into the minds of these women at 16, I I think that's just the most like invaluable. Like it's just, I can't even put it into words. Like I, I so commend that and wish that that was something that we had because the power of belief like having someone that believes in you and shows you what you can do like you can't put a price tag on that I mean we talked in the beginning about how important our stories are and I had my first daughter when I was 17 and I honestly believe that if I had some form of mentorship back then I probably wouldn't have waited till after 30 to start living my life. So going into these facilities, like I reach out to them and ask when I can come in. I let them know what my credentials are. And, you know, there's particular um, facilities that trust me to come in every year now. But it's saying to them, these girls need to see examples of women who are in their shoes. The shoes that they're in right now, I was there. I've sat in that chair. I was pregnant at, at you know at at their age, and for them to see that at now forty, I have published four books, that I have traveled across the world, that I have done mentorship, and I have done book signings in South Africa. Like for them to see what is possible, because sometimes they're sitting in front of their teachers, you know, rolling their eyes, saying, "You have no idea what I'm feeling right now. You have no idea what I'm going through." So for them to see another person that has been in their shoes that has been able to come out of that situation and not become a statistic and say, you know what, I want to be a valuable member, contributing member to society, and I want to make a difference. And they're like, holy crap, okay, if she did it, I can do it too. And what I also do is I bring my daughters with me because my girls are 18 and 22. So when I'm sharing my story and saying, well, I had my daughter at 17, and I point and I'm like, this one right here, She's 22. This is who I had at 17. Like them seeing that physically blows their mind yeah, and it makes can, them see I what's possible. I can imagine. Possible. 
I think to my 16 year old brain and that would have been such an inspiration but you saying I wish I didn't wait till I was 40 to start living my life like that is a really profound thing to say and I think a lot of women 100% relate to that like I start living my life like those words like you've been living but you really (laughs) haven't like for a lot of people and I think they realize that I didn't start living with intention. Yeah, like living to your yes, potential. Actually, yeah, I didn't start living with intention until um, after 30 because I went through my divorce at 30. And Oh, sorry, you said 30, not yeah, 40. <laughs> I'm 40 now. Um, I, I went through a divorce uh, 29, 30, and I was in a marriage that was verbally and emotionally abusive. So I didn't know who I was. My self-esteem was low. Um, I had to discover who I was. I had to figure out, well, what do I want? Because I spent years, you know, making this man happy and being a mom to these children, a stay-at-home mom. What, like, who am I? What do I want to do? What do I enjoy? And that's why I say personal development blew my mind because when I tapped into this world and realized not only what my potential was, but the awareness that is out there and the things that I had no clue of before, it was like someone took, like, a a blockage off my eyes and said, look, girl, like your eyes have been covered (laughs) for almost 30 years. There is a whole world out here filled with light and love that you can, can see and spread. And I was like, everybody needs to feel this. How much of a relief was that day? (laughs) That moment. (laughs) Like I'm still celebrating. (laughs) Keep celebrating. Don't stop celebrating. Yeah. Because not only did you start your, you know, this this fantastic, like, way to help people, you also are, are like, branching out and doing things like you started your own podcast, mm-hmm. right? You're doing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> my, my kids think I do a lot. <laughs> but it's all for the greater good. And thank God there's people like you yeah. because without it, nobody would push harder. No one would come to those realizations of, I need to start living my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've been alive for 30 years. Now I need to actually live it. Yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I am so grateful for the work that you do and what you're trying to do. And I think everybody needs to know about it. And everybody needs a mindset coach, <laughs> <laughs> myself included. Um, it's, it's just fantastic. And, um, yeah, like this is something that needs to be brought into, like, more of more conversations and like society just needs to adopt like these alternative options and break out of just these like you know the the little boxes that are given to us to work within and um yeah this is so I mean I feel so like ready to do something now (laughs) (laughs) I too And I'm looking forward to chatting with you to see what that is that I should be doing. Yeah, same. For you both. Because that's like a big thing for me. And we definitely need to chat after. But the like sort of one last question is how do you – what do you have clients that come to you and like with a feeling like I just know I need to do something but I don't know what it is. I have like a vision but I just don't know how to get there. Like do you have that? Can you work with that? Um, absolutely. And that's probably the best thing. I think most of us feel like we need to know how 
and it's not really our job to know how. So whether it is that you believe in the alternative thinking of law of attraction or whether it is that you believe in, in you know, faith-based, but at the end of the day, it's not our job to know how. It's to know the what and the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, takes control of the how. It's once you give that instruction, it's like the GPS for your car. You get in the car and you start driving. If you don't know where you're going, you're just driving aimlessly. But if you put in the destination, whether there's, you know, construction along the way or, you know, traffic, it gives you alternative routes to get there. But as long as you know what it is you want to do, you know that destination, then that's the greatest way to go and I can help you get there. Awesome. And on that note, I mean, I I don't think there's a more perfect way to close out the show. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Um, Obviously, well, you know, we're super in love with everything you've been saying here. And I, and I think that it's really nice for, for other people to be able to hear all this too, like bring awareness to what you do, bring awareness to, to how they can better themselves as well by following some of the things that you offer. So thank you so much. Tell uh, our listeners where they can find you. Well, first, thank you both, Jess and Lauren, for having me on the show. I'm truly honored that you even asked me to be a guest. Um, And you can find me online everywhere, um, mckinneysmith.com or walkinmystilettos.com. My Instagram is therealmckinneysmith or there's a walk in my stilettos. Um, The podcast, a walk in my stilettos. All things under McKinney Smith or Walking My Stilettos. Thank you so much, McKinney. And uh, we really can't wait to chat with you more outside of this. <laughs> and as always, you can follow us at herspective underscore podcast on Instagram. Thank you again. Perfect. Thanks, ladies. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.